We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to episode 392 of the Barcelona Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Nate Hilton, and I gotta be honest with you here. I am all alone today because, with all the content created for Bayern Munich and all the buzz around that, I did forget to schedule a podcast guest until it was a bit too late. So all my friends got a bit too busy, and that means I'm alone. But with everything that happened emotionally, and again, all that extra content I know you've been watching about the Bayern Munich Barcelona breakdowns from all your favorite Barcelona channels in this community and beyond... I felt like it was appropriate to go over the other little pieces of news that have happened in the last two or three days or have gone on throughout the week and bring back one of the original Barca blog, OG, we're talking 11, 12 years ago when Frances Tomas started BarcaBlog.com and one of everybody's favorite articles was the top five. So I thought we would go back to the well here and go over the top five because I felt like if there was no show, then there would be no way and we'd find a way to talk about garbage renewal. But that's the big thing happening this week, and I definitely want to hit that first. So let's start this top five segment with Gabi's renewal, because everybody's favorite 18-year-old on Barcelona, I'm going through the math here, yeah, Pedri is 19 going on 20, Ansu is 19 going on 20, so I could say Gabi, everybody's favorite 18-year-old, signed a renewal until 2026 with a buyout clause of 1 billion euros. And at his age, it's hard to know what his yearly gross is. I was trying to look at this, but for context, Ansu is at around 14 Dembélé is around 12. Pedri is on a measly 9.3 million euros, which, believe it or not, the way inflation is working with these guaranteed contracts, because once Barcelona reset their salary structure, which, as I've talked about on the show before, they have largely done. They have largely reset their financial structure at this point. The outliers, of course, being PK's deferred payments, having all been come to roost at this point, Busquets, Alba, and, of course, Frankie de Jong. So other than those four... You could say that Barcelona's salary structure is now just on par. It's actually less than what so many of PSG's makers do, again, with the exception of the four Albatross contracts at the top. But it's comparable to or even less than Man City in places. It's less or comparable to Manchester United, to Chelsea. It's, I think, well, it's, it's, it's more than Liverpool on average. Barcelona's players, their salary structure still doesn't fit what Liverpool's doing, but Liverpool's got their own financial situation, not in a bad way, but I just mean with their ownership. So it's hard to know where Gabi's going to fit in here, just to finish that off with Pedri being at 9.3, Araujo at 7, and Eric Garcia at 6. So my guess, using the context of some of the other renewals that have just been signed, I'm thinking that Gabi, having just turned 18, this contract is up in theory when he's 22, 
is likely at 6.5. I don't think he's going to make as much as Araujo, so I'm likely going to say 6.5 or something around there. But right now, it may be unverified. The number that I've seen is three. But that seems way too low, even for Gabi, again, choosing to stay. And when I say at home, because, of course, he is from Betis. That's where he started his career down in Seville, but came at a very young age. I believe he was, what, nine or ten years old. And so he's been at Barcelona for, in his time, for almost half of his life. But it's still only eight years. That said, three would just be a complete bargain for Gabi, especially that we see that he's already starting with Frank and Young and Frank Cassier and anybody else in that midfield who isn't Pedri or Sergio Busquets. And whoever is brought in, quote-unquote, to replace Busquets, and maybe nobody is, maybe it's going to be some combination of Cassier and Frank and Young next season. But whoever is technically brought in to replace Busquets, Gabi, I think, is already going to be more on the team sheet along with Pedri than that new player. But I also want to say, too, that it was not a guarantee. Like A lot of things had to be done financially for Gabi's renewal to work. And that's why, I mean, even with that 1 billion euro release clause, that's kind of just something they agreed to. But all the other incentives that may be part of this contract and even the number that he had to be signed to, they waited till he was 18. That was part of it, yes. But part B was that they had to make sure that he fit in the salary limitations that La Liga had put forth. So a lot of work had to be done behind the scenes to get this done. And even in the case of Gabi, right? I mean, he, at some point in his life, had chosen to come to La Masia from his home in Seville, move halfway across Spain, well, all the way up to the north from the south, and make that decision. And what was stopping him from making a similar decision to another country now that he's 18, he's now an adult making those decisions. So, I mean, Liverpool and Bayern, they were pushing hard for Gabi. Those reports are real. And Liverpool and Bayern, remember years and years ago, they poached Thiago. I mean, not both at the same time, obviously Liverpool and Bayern, but Bayern and Pep Guardiola, they got Thiago Alcantara because he couldn't find a place when it came to Xavi and Iniesta and Busquets in that midfield. But, you know, that's what happens to be the clubs, you know, that wanted Gabi. It's no secret that Bayern and Liverpool, they understand what talent is. They understand the players that are going to fit in modern football. And that's why they were linked to Gabi. So there was no guarantee that he was going to sign this contract until he put pen to paper. I want to reiterate that, that no deal is done. Nothing is a guarantee. And I think the hard lesson that Recent fans have learned that with Messi, I think it's a hard pill to swallow. Now, the next part of this Gabi thing has to do with his age. I want to remind you too, and I can't say it enough. I'll continue to say it until I'm blue in the face, but it's really important. Whenever we talk about Gabi, it has to be centered in the conversation about his age. 10 teenagers went above 2,000 minutes played in the big five leagues. Tino Livermente of Southampton from the EPL, two from Serie A, four from Ligue 1, though Mohamed Ali Cho is now at Real Sociedad, so just to be clear on that, but this is from last season. Two from La Liga, Yunus Musa of Valencia being one, and obviously you know the other, because just two midfielders last season went over 3,000 minutes. Can you guess? One is Gabi, obviously, and the other one is, of course, Jude Bellingham, who I pray, now that Real Madrid have Chouameni, never goes to Real Madrid, but of course that's the team that he's constantly linked with when he when he eventually does, and maybe even soon, does leave Bruce Dortmund. That said, while Gabi just barely got over 3,000 minutes, he had 3,005 minutes, while Drew Bellingham had 3,200-some minutes, Gabi is also a year younger than Bellingham, which in teenage years is a lifetime. There's a huge difference, as that I remind you, watching Ansu and Pedri of his last few seasons, not only was that not normal, but the difference between a 15-year-old, a 16-year-old, and a 17-year-old. I mean, look at even Lamine Yamal. 
Lamine Yamal right now is, as I said, 15 years old. If he gets a goal this year in the UEFA Youth League, he'll be the youngest player. He's 10 months younger than Ansu Fati when he first scored in the UEFA Youth League, and he was doing everything at an accelerated young age as well. And Lamine Yamal is 10 months younger than him at that juncture in their careers. So when you look at Yamal, you go, oh, that's a 15-year-old. That's a 15-year-old child. That's what that is, right? And you think about that, that in just 11 months' time in his life, he would be, if he was Ansu Fati, debuting in La Liga. If he was Pedri, he would already technically be a starter at Las Palmas in just 10 months' time. So a lot changes for these teenagers in a short amount of time when you're prodigies, when you're that high of prospects. So, and not only that, but nothing, as we've seen also with, with Ansu, is a sure thing. Even Pedri's injuries from a season ago that were worrisome, right? It could have derailed a career. Instead, Pedri has improved in two seasons, having even missed most of one, of uh, most of one, that being last year. And so Gabi, talking about his development a bit, a little bit here, he's so young, still having just turned 18, to the point where I wonder how he'll add things to his game. I've talked about this and ranted about this in, in on past shows that even at 22 when this contract is up, you know, while there are late bloomers, usually the skills that other players have at 22, you know, those are the ones that made it a professional and will be their defining skill as a professional. Strikers can develop a little later. We know that center backs can get better with age. You know, strikers, you think of Jamie Vardy, of course, whose story is obviously not normal, but while players, but while players do improve around the edges, we'll say, it's not often that you see a 26-year-old player completely reinvent himself. And, you know, yes, he reinvents himself in a new location, or sometimes he needs a change of scenery to get the best out of him again. But we've likely, at 26, at some point, there's a reason he's reinventing himself, because he invented himself the first time. And it was the first time when he went, oh, this kid is really special at some point, and then he kind of loses his way and has to find it again. But for Gabi, you know, he's still of the age where players can improve at a rapid rate from year to year. And the example that I'm looking at is another 18-year-old with Barca Athletic, and that's Ilash Akomash. You know, the big stink about Akomash is that cycling between the U19s and Barca Athletic, or Barca B as it was called last season, the, the knock on him, and this is for me too, having seen him, was that he was struggling with his finishing product. He could do this amazing dribble move, but he couldn't find the back of the net because he's so electric on the dribble, very much like Dembele. He can get by two or three, especially at the U19 level when he's playing against other 18, 19-year-olds. But the question is, can he score? So this season, at the ripe old age of 18, he scored a bunch in preseason, which I know doesn't count. But anyway, he scored a bunch in preseason, showed some promising signs, and has two goals in five matches this year. He looks so much more composed in front of net this season. And he's no longer looking like he's trying to do too much in that final third. Like, there are moments, but just like these electric dribblers like him, where it seems like the, the world's at your fingertips or the world's at your toes whenever you touch the ball, like Dembele, you're going to see times when he makes the right decision and times when he makes the wrong decision. And even, I remind you, even a very young, not to compare Ilas to Messi, but even a young Messi had a reputation of being very, very selfish. Graham Hunter has written about this extensively. He had a reputation of being very selfish. There was a worry that... They were never going to teach this kid to pass. And obviously Messi is an albatross and alien because he became the best, arguably the best passer in world football ever, 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 became the best passer of the ball uh, with the best vision that we've ever seen. And so it, it took some time for Messi to, to even do that. And when he was 16, 17, there were questions about him then. So again, I want to remind you that players, even the best of the best of the best of the best, from 16 to 20 to 21 in particular, there's a lot that can change. And so for Gabi, what he has at his base, 
it's not just the fight, the fight and the grit and the desire I talk about. It's his positioning. It's his how is his understanding how to get stuck into a tackle. Even the changes he's made to be more disciplined this season. When he first popped up, what he got five yellow cards in what was it eight matches or something like that. That's how he started his Barca first team career. Now look at him this season. He's like everybody else. Busquets and Pedri and the like, you expect him to get a similar number of yellows where he'll take the tactical foul, he'll pick up the yellow if he has to, and yeah, he'll, occasionally he'll get himself stuck in or, or get the yellow for something, but now his yellow card rate is less than that of a Jordi Alba, and uh, I think it's a pretty good transition, so that was that thing on Gabi. I didn't say anything negative about Gabi because he's an 18-year-old that Barca was able to secure, and not say it's a fantastic piece of business, it was a piece of business that was necessary, but I want to remind you, too, that in the last, what, eight months, we've seen renewals of Ansu, Pedri, Araujo, and Gabi. And that is so huge for this club, along with all the other business they did. So I continue to be excited, and I think there's a reason why so many fans of other clubs are frustrated at Barcelona's situation, financial situation, that is, because they still got everything that they wanted to get done, with the exception of, of course, forcing out De Jong off his contract, or even getting him to do, not even defer it, but for to have him lessen it at all he hasn't agreed to do that yet uefa champions league soccer is streaming on paramount plus nine months of heart-stopping hold your breath exhilaration is underway with the biggest stars top teams and scariest fan bases across europe watch every match from the group stage through the knockout rounds as benzema and real madrid oh i know defend their title against liverpool man city chelsea psg barcelona i'll say it again barcelona and more in soccer's biggest club competition so don't miss a single sweat-filled second of regulation time, stoppage time, and extra time. And stream every match of the UEFA Champions League live, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So what is the plan this season? Again, financially, PK and Alba, Barcelona would love to do anything they can to get them off the books. But at this point, this juncture this season, of the 630 minutes Barca has played in seven games, PK has only played 134, 135 minutes, rather. 
21.4% of all the minutes. And a reminder too that it was against Cadiz and it was against Victoria Pilsen. So those were not important minutes, if you will. Those were minutes that somebody had to occupy that Xavi was able to go down his bench for. And then Alba has occupied 316 of those minutes this season. That's 34.2%. And that was also before Marcos Alonso was put into the club because 90 of those minutes came against Raya Vallecano. And now you have Alonso and Balde, I think, are the one and two on that left-back depth chart. And this week, too, oddly enough, that Barcelona was linked to Monaco's Chao Henrique, which is a 25-year-old left-back who played for Atletico Madrid's B team, got his career on track in his home of Brazil for a few seasons on loan at different clubs. Then he moved to Monaco at 23 in 2020. That's where he's become a starter. He's really, really good at crossing. His assist rate is top four in all of the world, uh, or the top five leagues, I should say. And so there's good reason why Barcelona's looking at him. Seems like he would fit their system. Again, at 25, he's a full professional. So if you, again, have Balde as a quote-unquote future star, you're still looking to raise your ceiling of your team. And there's no reason why next season Barcelona can't have a 26-year-old Chao Henrique and a what would be 19-year-old Alex Balde at the time and potentially improving Alex Balde. Because remember, Alonso was on a one-year deal. Now, I also think, too, part of this is that Alonso, having made the move at 31, I think Barcelona might reward him if he has a decent season. And the fact that he was thrown out there to start against Bayern Munich, as I spoke about with Barcelona, that says a lot about Xavi's immediate faith in Alonso and how Xavi wanted Alonso in the club. But at 32, signing a new contract for Marcos Alonso next season, not so sure about that. So I think it might even be in a business decision where Jordi Cruyff and Alemani and the vice presidents kind of said, eh, no, I mean, make, make the best of this, Marcos Alonso, because you're not coming back. And speaking of that left back spot too, I did see the story that Barca could have had Alfonso Davies. This isn't like a, this is all under category two of our top five. I want to remind you the plan with Gerard Piquet and Jordi Alba. So I'm just talking about the left back position in particular. So I saw the story that Barca could have had Alfonso Davies, but that stuff is always revisionist. For starters, he was a winger in MLS playing in a free role. Barca had just spent a whole lot on Dembele and had Messi. And at the time, Jordi Alba was four years younger, just 29, and starting game in and game out. So there was no place for Alfonso Davies, the, at the time, 16-year-old winger. He likely would have went, he, he likely would have went, like the Montreal Impact's Balu Tabla went to the B team. And unfortunately for him, it didn't really work out. And he's kind of been in the desert since then. Like, it can derail a young career. So we don't know. It's revisionist history about how Davies would have fit in or worked out at Barcelona. It's certainly not a foregone conclusion that that would have happened for him. I mean, even his physical training he did at Bayern Munich, it just his body perfectly fit with their training regiment, which is different than Bayern's training regiment. Again, a reminder, too, of what Bayern's training regiment was at the time. And a reminder, too, of what Barcelona's training regiment was at the time. It wasn't something that necessarily was going to work for them. Now, just to finish that up about PK and Alba, a conversation that is going to think going to be fluid and ever changing throughout the season. But it seems like the decision on Alba has kind of been made that I was worried about Balde, but I think Xavi's going to continue to trust Balde and basically split time between he and Alonso. And Ball and Alba will get his minutes. He'll get his moments because I think Alonso might play as a left center back maybe once or twice. But who knows? Because now Christensen has shown that if he can play the left center back spot against Bayern Munich, that spot is basically completely solid. On the right, you can put Kunde and you can put Araujo. On the left, you can put Eric Garcia and Christensen. And then you have PK again floating around. To He can play on the left as well, as he did against Cadiz. And so I'm not sure if you actually need Alonso on the left center back depth chart at all. So yeah, I mean, Alba, I think we'll still get his time though. 
uh, and Valde will get his occasional time. But I also have to check on Valde's contract and exactly how many first-team games he can play without having that deal need to be redone and restructured. So uh, it's still question marks, but I think that 21% for PK and that 34% I think is going to keep coming down. I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the year, both PK and Alba have played 16 to 17, 18% of the total minutes. And I think this is it for PK. Maybe potentially in his career, I, I could actually see him going and becoming a player slash owner for Andorra next season. I think that's a high probability. But for Alba being 33, I don't know. I think he might have one last hurrah on him if he decides to leave the club. But remember, he has one more year in his contract as well. So And he's making a lot of money. So I'm not sure who's paying those wages and how Barcelona are going to get rid of Alba next season. But we're going to keep updating that throughout the season because next year, which again, I don't think PK and Alba will be around for, Barcelona will reportedly be wearing white a kit next season. The full kit, I think it's the top and the bottom. So my two cents on this, I'm going to zag a little bit. I know Real Madrid, of course, that's the big reason. That's the big reason they changed away from those. I'll get into the history in a second. But Real Madrid is a big reason you don't wear white. But I would actually say there are leagues in the world that I'll tune into, or especially when you're viewing it via Twitter videos, or you know when I'm looking at, we'll say, quote-unquote, smaller leagues around the world that, I, that are not readily available. There are leagues around the world where the away color is white, and the home colors on almost all these different teams around the leagues is basically this monochromatic. And sometimes it has to do with the budget of these clubs, sure. But I thought this season, instead of the gray that they went with, with the St. George cross, I thought that this year's third kit should have been white. I mean, that's the color of, that's the color of that, that crest of that emblem on Barcelona's logo. So I don't see why they just didn't, they did gray instead of white this season. But I, I think they were just trying to get, test it out a little bit, sure. But yeah, I mean, I think my problem is that all white kits I, are not to say tacky, but I, I think that they're a dime a dozen. Like, I know it's Real Madrid. And remember, back in the day, Leeds United, Real Madrid, 120 years ago, they started to be white. And a lot of clubs had a white alternate or a white away kit years and years ago because it was cheaper, right? Because you couldn't pay for the dye. And they also, over the course of a season, they didn't have a new jersey for every single game. A reminder, too, that these players had to go home and wash their kits in some way. So you'll see especially when teams won trophies, right? I think of, actually, I know that it was in quote-unquote recent history, but the 1967 Celtic team, that you look at those pictures, and yeah, it was from the game a little bit, but those some of those jerseys were worn throughout the season, and they're kind of gross by the end of a year. Like, that that blood stain is not from this game. That blood stain was from three months ago, and yet it's still your jersey, so you wear it for a year. So what I would have done for next season if I was Barcelona, though, I would have gone white with the shorts first, instead of a white top and a white bottom. Because I, I think, while it's going to be a bit jarring for people to see the white, it would have been a way to dip your toe in the water, I think, with the white shorts. But obviously, as we know, Juan Laporta brings his scuba gear with every decision he makes. He doesn't tip his, did, did, did just dip his toe in the water. He always jumps head first right in. So I also understand why he made the decision he did. And again, if any president is going to get away with it, it's going to be Laporta. So white has been used, by the way, for the shorts and the socks by the team, that being Barcelona, from their year when they were founded in 1899 until 1910, when they switched to black shorts with their, what had already become pretty customary in the Blagrana shirt. Remember, the Blagrana shirt was from the very, very beginning. It was the cut in the middle, again, with a different emblem at the time. So yes, they did use white for the socks and shorts for about 11 years. And then they switched it because it fit better with the Blagrana shirt. So the first away kit of the team was white, believe it or not, from 1910 to 1920. Prior to that, 1899 to 1910, they had just one uniform and they wore that. 
So from 1910 to 1920, when they actually had quote-unquote away matches, that was the first time they were even venturing outside of Catalonia. I've gone over that with the history of Catalan football. If you so are inclined to watch that on the YouTube channel or get that on the podcast here, just go and search for it. So at that point, 1920, a yellow shirt was launched. But from the late 1950s, Barcelona went back to the white kit, to the white away kit to be exact. So they used it several times in European competitions, such as the 1960 UEFA Cup final against Birmingham. And a reminder too, this is pre, yeah, I mean, what predated the, Super, the Champions League, but this was pre, we'll say, quote unquote, Champions League era. And so Real Madrid had not become the household name in world football that they would become. They were still the most successful team in Spain at the time, but there was also at that point, very much like how Liga really didn't exist yet, but in the 60s and 70s when St. Etienne was doing their thing, there was no guarantee what the the huge big clubs were going to be in Spain. Again, a reminder that the Basque region for so much of the first half of the, the 20th century, I mean, the especially the, the first 20, 30 years of what we would call Spanish football as a, a total country, it was just dominated by the Basque country. So Real Madrid still wasn't really like a thing yet when Barcelona was still wearing those white kits. And a reminder too that that's a very famous team. And I was interested, I, I found one picture, but it was actually hard to find pictures of that famous team, even though, remember, that is the team that just predated the team of the five cups. That's Kubala, Evaristo, Segara, Tejada, Besora, Olivella, and Ologio Martinez. So in the 1974-75 season, remember that was the second season we go on Cruyff, the white shirt was officially abolished for the first time, precisely because of that growing rivalry with Real Madrid, exasperated by the 5-0 that Barcelona, you know, even them winning that, it kind of exasperated the rivalry a bit. So a yellow shirt with blue and red diagonal stripes was released. It's the famous yellow shirt with the sash that we've seen before, and Barcelona just did a few seasons ago. So in 1978, though, in 79, right after Cruyff had just left again, the white shirt was again used for the last two times in Barcelona's history, and they've not gone back to it since. So you are talking about, you know, a full generation of people, many people that are now decades year old, including me, who didn't even sniff, right? We're talking still a decade before I was around when the white shirt was last used. So it definitely is something. But I think, again, if one president can pull this off, it's going to be Juan Laporta because so often fans, you know, I mean, if fans aren't really supportive of this and don't want this, then they won't buy the jerseys, right? And if jersey sales are poor enough, then this may never happen again. And this is going to be down to not because of some kind of cultural thing or whatever, Mesca un club, can't be white, whatever it is, like whatever methodology you think is going to be involved in these white shirts failing, it's all going to be about the capital that it brings in or doesn't bring in. That's what's going to decide this. All right, last two things for our top five. U19s played to a 3-3 draw with Bayern Munich. U19s, I didn't really have time to talk about that on the Bayern Munich reviews. Victor Barbera's hat-trick. That's how four and two matches in UEFA Youth League. He's been playing with Juvenil A this season, though he did make a seven-minute cameo for Rafa Marquez, but has been on the bench for all three matches for Barca Athletic, again, coming on for seven minutes for that one. And Barbera getting this hat-trick, the first hat-trick in Barcelona's UEFA Youth League history, I think, you know, people don't really know too much about him still just yet because he's not one of these names that we always go back to because he hasn't been in La Masia since he was 9, 10 years old. So we don't, we didn't hear about him at the U16 or the Kedah A level. So last season, he had 23 goals and eight assists, beating Ansu Fati's record from three years ago when he set the record at that level. The 17-year-old, he still really hasn't filled out yet. Again, he's still just 17 and he's a ways away from the first team number nine spot, but 
as I've said about Barbera in the past, and any young player that's, again, 17. We just talked about Gabi. Just, that kid's insane, sure, but especially for these number nines, it's more than okay that he is years away. So this was only his second season, too, with the club last year. This is his third full season. Technically, his first full season, though, for Barbera, because with the pandemic limiting youth football, he didn't really, having a ride from local club CF Dom in 2020, really get his starts for Barcelona until that quote-unquote second season with the club. So he originally started with CE Sant Gabriel, which has produced a number of Barcelona players. Off the top of my head, I'm forgetting which ones exactly, but a number of Barcelona players have been plucked from those academies at very young ages and come up through. It's, it's a Catalan club. So he had one goal and six appearances last year in the UEFA Youth League and already making a step forward of four goals in two matches. Regardless of how Barcelona do in the competition, is obviously a huge step up. And very much like I told you about Gabi, about Ilash Komash, progress being made by these young players, especially those forwards, is just always exciting and always fun to see. And unfortunately, if you watch the highlights from the U19s, it was a goalkeeper mistake for Barca for the first goal. And they definitely look like U19 players. But as I said, I'm pretty high on that group. And I think there's a lot of potential in what the, not necessarily that collection of talent, but what individuals in that group can do potentially for the first team, but definitely as professionals in a few seasons time. Last thing here, I don't have much on Antoine Griezmann, his situation, but that's obviously been making the news. And at this point, it's kind of a weird limbo state for everybody in this situation. Atletico are trying to avoid paying the 40 million euro purchase option in that loan deal, which becomes mandatory if he played a certain amount of minutes he's available for. So that's pretty clear. Atletico Madrid's like, we don't want to pay it. Jordi Cruyff on the, uh, spoke on the matter. At the moment, he's an Atletico player. It's his coach who decides when he plays, he says. It's curious he's always coming on in the 63rd minute. Curious indeed. I think we all know what that's about. Now, there has been speculation that Barca and Atletico were set to try and reach a compromise. They want to lower that buy clause to 25 million euros, but there's also been reports by other people, including people who wear the suits and ties, who said there's been no communication between the cl- two clubs about that at all, and that's completely fabricated. So I don't know how Barcelona, I mean, they've also, they have threatened legal action against Atletico Madrid as well, as in, you know, like doing bad faith. I'm not sure exactly what the grounds would be, but a bad faith deal for this kind of thing. So I don't know. I mean, there, I don't know if there's a worst case scenario, right? The worst case scenario would be that all of a sudden, Antoine Griezmann and all his wages are back at Barcelona next season, and they have another salary and another issue to deal with what Griezmann will be making. That's, I, I think you call that the worst case scenario, but I think the way that Barcelona is going about this makes me believe that that's not really what's going to happen. It's a matter of worst case scenario, quote unquote, I think for Barcelona at this point, is how little do they get for Antoine Griezmann being sold to Atletico Madrid? I think that's actually what we're asking here. But again, we'll have to see how that one plays out. Because I think that's it. I, I can't believe that you sat through this. I can't believe that we got through the top five big things of the week. I would have loved to talk to somebody else for a full hour. But again, I think we're all still recovering from Bayern Munich. And I, I just want to cleanse our palate a little bit with that. There's still Elche due tomorrow. And then it's the international break. And we'll try to have a little fun during the international break. I've got some new guests. I've got some new guests that some of you may like them, some of you may not, but I've got some new guests in the chamber that's going to be coming through the next few weeks. So again, there'll be people you like, people you may not, but this is the Barca community. I always want to make sure that I'm also lifting up some of those voices that may be next up. So it's like in baseball, you know, who's on deck? What are the next big voices you're going to hear in the Barcelona community, whether on Twitter or beyond? So I want to amplify those voices as well, and we'll see how they do when it comes to long-range podcast formats. But anyway, 
That'll wrap up another edition of the show. We're on Twitter and Instagram at the Barcelona Pod. You can join our closed Facebook group, the Barcelona Podcast. Answer the questions. I let you in. Patreon, YouTube, as well as the merch store. But most importantly, thanks so much for listening to the show. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Before Sabari side. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.